Tome Show listeners, this is Sam Dillon, your Tome Editor, and the DM of the D&D Brief Podcast. D&D Brief is now going to be hosted on the Tome Show Network. To find back episodes, search under the Actual Play tab at thetomeshow.com. As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to D&D Brief. This is Sam. I am your DM, and I'm here with my players. Let me introduce Matthew. Hello. My name is Matthew, Matt for short. I am playing Konos Lenadath, a sea elf warlock of the Great Old One. And David. Uh, I play actually Tilling Quest, a halfling bard. And Nina. Hello there, my name is Nina, uh, pronoun she, hers, and I play Emerin Ornestia, who is a storm clerk. And Karu. Hi, my name is Hikaru, or just Karu works. I play Marcel Petitia Bladuran, who is a gender fluid Lutrinian storm sorcerer. Okay, so now. You were in the Temple of Eyes, and you were fighting Larilac. Axley had absconded with Rayla, Imran's mom, and Axley was making his way back to the Curiosity with Rayla, and um, and the other th- three of you were still fighting Larilac, and you defeated him or something. And then at the start of the next session, which was the last session, you were trying to figure out how to destroy the dog statue, um, which did not come back to life, but had some very odd sort of odd responses to your attacks, both spell and normal weapon attacks. Eventually you destroyed it. It broke into a thousand pieces. You each took a chunk of that, uh, and then you escaped the temple and made your way back to the curiosity. When you got back to the Curiosity, you found Axley and Rayla sitting in the Curiosity with Tadius the goat eating all of your rations uh, and taking a loud snoring nap. And then uh, Blacksley Chilling Quest was there in the Curiosity saying, okay, let's go. I want to go see what this thing can do. You made your way back to um, out of Darkport and back into the Common Plateau and actually... Axley's expert piloting of the Curiosity had it transport you directly into the cargo hold of your ship, the Tempest's Fortune. You went onto the deck and you saw several things. Number one, there is a galleon several hundred feet away from the ship, and you learn from your crew that a small contingent of blue-skinned, weird-looking creatures uh, about the size of halflings came over and um, requested a parlay and wanted to speak to the captain. You took Rayla to the island where she could rest, and you wanted to talk to Jubo and Stet, but they were out in hunting parties trying to make sure that all of the goblins that were... um, There was a goblin incursion basically on the entire island right before you left to go to Darkport, and they're still hunting them down. And then you went back to the ship where Konos and Axley were resting because they were fatigued and needed a short rest. And when you get there, you notice there is a herd of sharks swimming near the ship in the water. And uh, then you are challenged to a duel by another small contingent of um, blue-skinned goblins that came over to parlay. And they challenge you to a duel. And you were going to designate Konos as the one who was going to duel. And at the end, they said, no, 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 we want to duel with the royal one. Um, so we're offering boat for sword. That's the, the, that was the initial 
uh, terms of the duel. And that's where we stopped. There was a lot of uh, interaction in there in between where all of you were conversing and trying to figure out what actually is going on, what happened to Laralac, what are these dog things, you know, what are the Hakka doing? And then when you got there and you saw the pirate ship, there was a lot of discussion about how to uh, defeat the pirates that are on that ship. So that's the, the relatively quick recap. Um, if I skipped anything, I apologize. <laughs> If there's anything you can remember that I that you think I skipped, please let me know. That was pretty much it. Um, the one thing I noticed was while well, we were only in Darkport for maybe a few hours, like two days had passed mm -hmm. uh, back here. So there's definitely like a difference of a difference of time between one plane and the other. Mm -hmm. it seems. Yes, it seems like that. That's true. That did seem to be how it was. And uh, but Imarin did not look aged but everyone else did including the lutrinian didn't we recover that aged look when we came back you recovered um most of it yes you you recovered the sort of grayish non-colorful portion of it but um you still felt aged we'll put it that way you lost the silver tips to your fur Right. But, so we didn't look like we we were like right. elderly growing gray hairs but still Correct. felt older. Right. And you you as as Matt mentioned, you understand that the time somehow was different because you feel like we you asked. were only there for a few hours and it seems yeah. like days had passed. Yeah, we spoke to the Hawka and the Hawka told us that we had been a couple days since we had been gone. Mm -hmm. They also were the ones that told us that, like, Sharkface was apparently known to be pretty honorable. Right. Which is why we're, like, considering honoring the duel in the first place. <laughs> 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 That's a duel with a pirate who will absolutely not kill us if he doesn't win. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the question, then. What have you decided to do? Do you still you want to talk about it a little bit more? Well... I think most of the talking we did do was um, a bit kind of between sessions or during the session we didn't have uh, last time. But um, yeah, we, uh, they gave us a time frame, right? Like when they wanted the... When you first arrived, they said they, they had wanted to speak to the captain. And so they were waiting for you all to get back. And then you kind of did a bunch of things on the ship and then they came back they either saw you with a spyglass or they were just coming to check to see if you were there yet. And then you were there. So they basically, I think said 24 hours or, you know, something like they're awaiting your answer. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do we want the ship to make ready so that if we need to try to run away, we can do that without being stuck? Uh, yeah, I think we should get, have everything prepared uh, as much as we can. Like whether we need to to try to run away afterwards, fight our way out, be as prepared as possible. I mean, in terms of fighting, we are we have the advantage that we have the whole Hakka fleet, and they are one ship for now. Though we have heard that Sharkface is is part of or has a bigger fleet of pirate ships elsewhere. So it's not just about taking down his ship, which is why we were considering taking the duel, just because. If we manage to defeat him, 
did the they they did say that it was to the death, so he's prepared to die for this stupid sword. <laughs> this is a, a document called the Codicum Adversarius. It is the rules for dueling in this area of the world. Basically, dueling because every all the islands are separate, and so it's hard to have a sort of quote unquote police force to do that. There have uh, grown some sort of standard ways to resolve conflicts. And dueling is one that is accepted, especially out in the sort of non-highly populated areas. And so basically, it's, a, it's an accepted way to settle disputes. And there is a set of rules, and basically two, the two combatants in the duel, the two participants in the duel, they each pick a second. And the second is their representative who agrees on all the terms and negotiates the terms. They're ba they basically speak for the duelist in, in terms of how everything gets arranged and negotiated. And basically, the duel is three rounds. This is the typical sort of how it usually is run. This is the standard codicum adversarius, but everything is up for negotiation. So the standard is there's three rounds. The first two rounds are called what's called to the blood where the first participant to reduce their opponent to half of their maximum hit points wins the round. That's very, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking, this is total metagaming, right? These are just the way the rules work. Narratively, that's the point where uh, the second would have to step in and declare the round over. And basically, that's the, their, whoever they're representing is, is defeated for that round. The third round is to the sea, in which the duelists fight to the death. And... What they have proposed. Yeah, you had said one was on the deck of our ship, round two on the gangplank be between our ships, and round three would take place in the water. The other rule is no one can engage other than the two opponents, right? Theoretically, that's that's the way the rule is supposed to work. So, yeah, and our and and we talked to the Hawk, and the Hawk said that this guy was pretty on the rules when it came to this kind of thing, and. He probably has his honor at stake in terms of breaking the rules of a duel right. when everyone's watching him. So the, so right now on the table are those the, the, the phases, two are to the blood and one is to the sea. One is on your ship, one's on the gangplanks, one in the water. And then the, the terms are they offered or they, what they proposed at first through the goblins, although that, this was not technically through the duelist's designated second. So this is just what they told you in the parlay, they they want your sword if they win, and if you win, you get their ship. That was the... But that's not... That has not been presented to you in contractual form or between the seconds. So I think the first step is figuring out what we want from the duel and sending out our second to talk to Sharkface's second. Also, just, just for the audience, uh, these dueling rules are modified from the Seas of Vidari campaign setting supplement that was kickstarted by tribality.com a few months ago and is now finished and they'll be printing up pretty soon but um that is where part of those come from and part of those are just what i put into it so anyway i'm sorry <laughs> i just want to give credit where credit's due marcel is absolutely in favor of at the very least having um konos be his second i'm willing to do that okay because the second does have to step in if the uh, primary duelist um, falters or whatever. 
So uh, there was talk, just to remind you, before the second parlay came and told you they wanted to fight Marcel, there was talk uh, of Axley going to the enemy ship and just throwing a bunch of bag of beans in there and planting them. And- mm. <laughs> it's still very tempting. Why do we want to fight him fair and square? <laughs> Okay, so the reason we had to fight him fair and square was because of his larger armada. If we take out the ship and we can, we're fairly certain, especially if we're given a day to rest and prepare our spells, we can utterly obliterate that ship. We might have some issues picking out like survivors that might try to swarm us, but the ship isn't really an issue. We have enough firepower because we're pretty much a group of casters every single one of us that we can rain enough hell to take them down and we have a fleet of haka to help us with survivors at least just disable it they can't follow us if we disable it it's true those sharks don't really need a ship to follow us (laughs) but then the issue is then we potentially run into more of them once we get out of here we will gain the enmity if we don't kill shark face he will follow us somehow he is at least part shark after all um, so, but are you are you assuming that if you duel him and you win, you win on the up and up, that suddenly he'll just go away and leave us to be, and we will be free to do whatever we want? I don't think that's likely. I think I think he is. <laughs> um, I don't think he's going to disappear entirely. But the thing is, not even like their army following us, we're leaving the Haka village entirely vulnerable to whatever comes. That's my issue with this, is that if we do anything out of line, they're going to come after the Hakka first. And this village is a sitting duck without us here. Especially considering we're taking all their able-bodied people. We're taking a lot of people. So that's my issue. Even Even if Sharkface is still an issue, he's not an issue for anybody in the immediate path. We'll say that. Well, how, I mean, how vulnerable are the Hakka? They're, they're in a jungle on land, so it negates all of the sharks and the cannons from the, the ship. They would have to go on the land into the Hakka territory where the Hakkas have number and the advantage. And I don't think that they're going to want to risk risk that for what? What are they going to gain? They're going to just tr- attack and try to intimidate the Hakka? That's not going to get them any objective. It's not going to get them us. Revenge is the issue there. And also, we don't know how many... There could be an entire fleet. We don't know how big they're. Yeah, and that's hundreds upon hundreds of people against. We're taking all the able bodied people, so it's just the elders really left. Yeah. yeah, people who aren't able to fight or defend themselves. That'll be a term I list. I'll say no matter no matter what what the outcome of this duel is, the Hoka are to be left alone because the pirates' beef is with us, not them. We also have a temple on this island that has a giant dog creature. That was my other suggestion, buying us enough time before the duel to go deal with that giant dog. Because if things go sour and I die doing the duel, you will have one person less to deal with whatever's in that temple. That's a fair point. So maybe we should schedule the duel for like two days time so we have time to go to the temple, deal with that, and get a good night's rest before actually dueling. Make any other preparations we need. Yeah, I would be okay with that. If the worst, if the absolute worst uh, comes for Marcel, do we have any materials to do a revivify? I don't think we have the diamonds for it. Okay, that's something to... I don't got jack in terms of components. (laughs) 
problem is Revivify has a, a pretty steep cost that we cannot cover. So if Marcel goes down, that's it. You're down a crew member. <laughs> There's just a lot of trust in this plan. Trusting the other side to like honor the truth. If we're leaving the Haka vulnerable again, if you want to go to the temple and just trust that for for two days, they're not going to be molested. But the Haka, the Haka fleet is between the pirate ship and the island. So they're not going to, they're, they're, they can't really risk attacking otherwise because they're at a disadvantage right now. We outnumber them badly. Yeah. Now, two days can give their <laughs> fleet the time to get to us. Time <laughs> to show up. Yeah. I mean, when you have the advantage, press it. Because, like, yeah, we have two options here. We either honor the duel, schedule it for two days' time, deal with the temple, and then do the duel and hope that, you know, everything goes great. Or, I mean, my thing is, as long as we put the, 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 everything down, even if I lose, the only thing you're losing is the sword, which is not worth anything to you guys if I'm dead anyways. So there's not much to lose on our side. Kind of thing, except an entire party member. Besides me, but. <laughs> That's going to be another term I want to exact. If all they want is the sword, then there's no sense in fighting to the death. Uh, there's a problem there. Marcel is not going to not. No, Marcel's not going to let go of the sword unless he's dead. It's an over my dead body kind of thing. <laughs> so he's okay with the whole to the death part because if he loses, Marcel would rather die then give up the sword. So that's kind of, yeah, that's par for the course. You want the sword, you have to kill me first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm a little, I, I'm a little less okay with that myself, but I will, uh, I will respect your zealotry. <laughs> Marcel, when the first time Marcel asked about getting the sword back, he didn't really know the importance of it. And now that he does, it's, it's do or nothing. Like he's not letting go of that sword now. He's also very curious as to how Sharkface got it in the first place because he's pretty sure that was not a duel. And why Sharkface wants a sword that does absolutely nothing for him because he is not a trueborn. Wasn't this the one he stole from you in the first place? Not from me. From my well, captain. from your former captain. I'm sorry. Yeah. If Sharkface does kill Marcel, would that? transfer royalty to him? No, I don't think that's how it works. It has to be blood. It's a bloodline thing. The sword is not usable by anyone who does not possess the royal blood of that Lutrinian line. It's just a fancy sword. So it's nothing but a trophy. Okay. Yeah. It's maybe more about honor than than materials then. I mean, like, I, it, it's really curious because we stole a shit ton of things, including that magical submarine flying machine. And the one thing he wants back is the fucking sword. <laughs> that he apparently can't use. <laughs> that he apparently can't use. So it's like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist, shark face is your long lost boy. Yeah. <laughs> There is a possibility that he has no idea that we are the ones that stole everything else, and he just assumes I got the sword because I gave him my name. But 
I don't know. Everything was taken at the same time. So if he assumes I have the sword, then he probably assumes I'm part of the group that stole everything else off of his hold. And yet he only wants the sword and is willing to bet his ship on it. His life. And his life. Unless he's some kind of, I mean, we did kill, kill Larillac and he didn't really die. So yeah. <laughs> He may just come back as an undead shark face. We've also yeah. established they're, yeah. Yeah. they're in cahoots with Larillac, right? Because we saw the House of Adrian yeah. symbol yeah. on their ship. Yep. Yeah, which is why we need to get our butts to uh, Calport. Oh, the more we talk about this, the less I like it. So, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. He dies. He dies. We win his ship. That does not necessarily mean we never see him again. We might just have undead shark face to face afterwards so here's the thing those the second parlay group of goblins is there right now so you have to give them some sort of answer whether it's truthful or not doesn't matter but you have to tell them something so that they can go back to shark face uh you at least have to tell them whether you accept the duel and what who your second is if you accept the duel if you don't accept the duel then you have to tell them you don't accept the duel. Or you could say something like, I don't accept the duel unless Sharkface himself, you know, I mean, like, it's it's open. So you can, however you want to do that. Okay, so what if we tell the goblins, you're my second, and that we want to have tomorrow at sundown, the two seconds meeting to set the the the, the parameters of the duel. That gives us all of tomorrow to deal with the temple and decide what we want to do for the duel. Okay. With the duel happening the day, the next day after the seconds have talked. Yeah. I think that's a good tentative plan for the time being. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll step forward and go, I accept Konos is my second and I want Konos and Sharkface is second to speak tomorrow at sun uh at sunset about the duels parameters the goblin who seems to be the one that is the most capable of communication says because remember two that four of them came up two of them had claws for hands crab claws so they're down in the boat and the other two climbed onto the deck so there's two goblins there one of them has been the one that's been talking to you and he says Proof of sword. Make dance. He curls his hands into tubes. He like puts his fingers so that the fingers are meeting the thumb in a circle. And he puts two of them together and he looks through it, like through his eye. And then he points at the boat. Uh, watch. He just wants proof that I can actually use the sword. Yeah, he just said he wanted the sword. <laughs> Do we want to let him know that I can use the sword? He wants to know we actually have the sword. I can hold it up. The goblin says, make dance. You can still see it. How no right sword. What if I can't make it dance? What then? You have sword. How I see shark face. Can you, can, can shark face make it dance? Have you seen shark face make it dance? No. He kind of steps back. <laughs> have you ever seen a dancing sword? Up in the air? <laughs> He's sort of. He's guessing, right? Do you know what it does when it starts dancing? <laughs> Everybody roll a perception check, too. Except for Marcel. 18. Mm-hmm. You know what a dancing sword does? Mm, that is 22. 15. 
all three of you notice uh, when Marcel takes the sword out of the sheath that the the base where the where the blade meets the hilt is still has a little tinge of pinkish purpley something on it. And when she holds the sword in, or when they hold their sword in their hand, there's a sort of glowy area around their neck. It's kind of pinkish, purpley. Has that been there before? The glow around the sword? You haven't, you haven't not noticed it. Konos and uh, Emerin might have noticed it during the the fight with, yeah, during the fight with Larilac, but I don't think actually was there anymore. Yeah, I think someone saw it, yeah. No, that was after I actually left. And Imarin, you rolled a 22, is that what you said? You notice when um, when Marcel takes the sword out and the, the glow sort of appears, the goblins sort of, their their eyes get like bigger and then they sort of, they realize that they probably have a shocked look on their face and you see them try to hide their shock. Well, I'll wave the sword in the air and kind of like look towards the other ship and kind of point the, the thing, but I am not making it dance. I'll look at the goblins and go, if he wants to see it dance, he'll have to let me like m- let it dance during our uh, duel. Uh, they sort of chitter back and forth to each other for a second. And then uh, the, the one who's been talking to you most of the time says, okay, tomorrow, seconds. And then they go and they start to go and climb down the the rope ladder. I'll put the sword away. The glowing stops. They climb down and... I turn to the others. I was so tempted to let the geyser go on them. <laughs> <laughs> just just wash them off the ship. <laughs> Once the goblins sail away, I'll point out to Marcel, by the way, that thing's still glowing a little bit and looks like you were as well. You feeling alright since we got back from Darkport? I mean, besides, you know, the whole aging thing? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Glowing what color exactly? Like a uh, purple, pink kind of color? The hmm. Lyrillac color. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> I was suspicious. I look at the gem on the, like, the pommel of the sword. Does mm-hmm. that still have that, like, had like, a cloudy thing on it? Yeah, it's clear now. It's it's okay. clear. It's like a really nice clear diamond. It's weird. Yeah, I'm sure it's nothing. Did you did you use that sword to fight Larilac back in uh, Darkport? Yes. Well, te- technically not Larilac. I used it against the the Hound, but I think I had it go against Larilac. I can't recall exactly. I think you you first caused it to dance when um, you were fighting the dog when it was animated. Yeah. But But then then I think it went away, but you still kept the sword out. I mean, the sword was out, but I can't remember if I had it. No, because Larilac did get closer. I think I was attacking Larilac with the sword, too. Like you were. Yeah, I think you took a swing at a two at him with it. I don't think I hit necessarily. But uh, I did take a, a couple of swings at him. I can only do it four times before it returns to me anyways. And at least the first time, maybe the second time, was against the dog. So I'm worried maybe you got a little bit of Larilac on you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I mean, I mean, I am, I am still wearing the the amulet yeah. that uh, gives uh, gives me um, at least some measure of uh, authority on those blue goblins. And maybe it gives him some authority. I mean, I haven't. It's not like I've done anything for him, nor would I. I mean, I absolutely tricked him into thinking I was. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it even got your mom safe. <laughs> except for except for Imarin for a moment was like, what the hell? <laughs> Seriously. She wasn't the only one. Come on, Em. I was just trying to save your mom. I had to get close to her. <laughs> I have the feeling that Axley doesn't like this at all, like any of this entire situation. He he looks like he looks like he has some second thoughts about doing this duel and what the heck's with the sword and you know here's an amulet and yeah this is I I could I could tell this is not what gives you that impression <laughs> absolutely yep wrong with the punches sometimes sounds like we're perfectly in control of the situation <laughs> and that is going to be interesting to see how Sharkface reacts if he thinks I'm one of Larilac's uh, cronies no. That actually is not thrilled at all. Because last time we met, we definitely didn't have that going on. And hey, we might be able to trick him as well. It'll be harder, though. He's not as stupid as the goblins. <laughs> yeah, you don't actually know. <laughs> I mean, he seemed, when we saw him at, uh, when he went to talk to the the dock master, he seemed... He seemed a lot more eloquent than your average blue goblin that we've run into. That's true. So he's at least got a couple more points of intelligence up there. <laughs> Unless that's gone away since his face turned into a shark. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> because the last time we saw him, he only had like a crab claw, one crab claw, and that was it, right? Well, he had an illusion up when he went to speak to us. But when he was on board the ship, yeah, he had a crab claw. And that's how I had seen him first when he attacked our uh, my old ship. Okay. And we know that that disease, whatever, kind of progresses. Though usually it's not shark-related. It's crab-related. Have you ever wondered why everything is just crabs? Like, Lirlac seems to have, like, a bunch of different creatures under his hold... But every single goblin and humanoid that, that that's been under those like weird spells have been crabs. Like, does he have like a crab fetish or something? I feel like you're nervous talking right now. No. Wasn't it getting late? It is getting to be late afternoon. Dark. Um yeah, maybe maybe we should just get some rest. So let's disseminate words to the, the Haka, at least that the plan is, if everything goes south, to be ready to to launch and sail, you know, to follow our lead. I don't think they won't follow our lead as long as Konos is aboard. So right around that time, Blacksley Chilling Quest, who is sitting on the railing of, of the deck, says, why don't why don't you just why don't you just kill him with that that one sword that that one that's in the the curious thing that you keep talking about why don't you kill him with that one sword i'm not touching it it's yours but i think you could kill him with it i'm just worried about what it's going to do to me afterwards or before 
Uh. Well, yeah, that's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one that actually is found, or the one that we've been the one that keep- keeping in a bag and likes to follow us around when we try to get rid of it? That yeah, one. that one. You seem awfully interested in seeing me grab the sword. Why are you not willing to do it yourself? Uh, I just want to see what would happen. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're smarter than I thought. I was going to say, do I get the sense <laughs> that he knows what would happen? Uh, you can roll me an insight check. Seems like it. <laughs> Thank you again. Because he has a vested interest in trying to make it happen. Uh, you think very definitely he knows what would happen. Okay. We're going to have chat later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we're going to go deal with what's going on in the temple tomorrow, maybe we should get some rest and figure out what we're going to do for the duel tomorrow. It at least buys the Hawkeye and everyone else a day worth of preparation for whatever happens after the duel. Okay. That sounds good to me. So we all go to take a long rest. Are you going to um, sleep on the ship or on the island, or what are you thinking? I'm definitely sleeping on the ship with our valuables. And where is where is Emran's mom hanging out? She's on the island already. She's in the Hawk Village. That's where I'm going. She is a protected underguard too, because we have not only this mess going on, but potentially Larilac and his minions trying to maybe locate her. I don't think Larilac cares about her anymore. Uh, he held her prisoner for a long period of time. I don't know if we can. Yeah, because he let wanted our guard down. He wanted Emerin, and he already got what he wanted from Emerin. Also, I'll remind you that Konos has a book with a skin cover. We got a couple of books, didn't we? That we need to investigate. Yeah, like about seven or eight of them. As far as, far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I think most of the books you had decided to not worry about till you got to Calport to the library. But this one was the one on Larilac's pedestal. Jonas, would you mind if I looked at that while we're kind of resting? Yeah, why don't we look at it together? I'm curious what's in here myself. Okay. Actually, Marcel, what do you think about that? Well, <laughs> I don't think I can help much with whatever's going on with the book. What language is it in? But I'll be nearby. I don't know. We haven't even No opened one's it. even touched no. it. He just scooped it up in the robes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, I'm not touching it. I'm going to let Konos handle it. I know my way around the business end of a book. I'm pretty good with languages. So I wouldn't mind taking a look. For it. Honestly, I'd rather not be near the book when you guys deal with it, just in case the amulet has any adverse reactions to it. All right. Well, Konos, you want to hang out with me on the ship and we can pour over it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like meeting the, you know, going like captain's quarters or. A room with a table, and I'll set it down, and I'll use. I'll basically, I'll just cast Mage Hand, and I'll use that to just flip the cover open, and flip the pages, so nobody actually has to handle it ourselves. I think I'd like to. I'd like to camp out next to the Curiosity with our with our valuables in it, so that if stuff hits the fan, we can very quickly abandon ship. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, or defend. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it takes. So, but what that would require Marcel to be quite close to it. If uh, they are close enough to the curiosity to get into it, if something goes bad. Oh no! I just mean uh, Konos and I being close to it because I, I think everyone else is going on land, right? Isn't that what everyone said? They're doing? No, we'll stay on the ship. Oh, 
Okay. I was going to take off before we go to bed because I'm going to sleep on the island. Oh, you are going to Oh, because your mom. Yeah. You sure you don't want to bring your mom to the ship? You think she's safer on the island? At this point. She's safer on the island. I don't know. We have a dog that's sleeping in the mud down <laughs> in the temple. So I don't really know at this point, but she's there. She's probably asleep already, so might as well just leave her be. Imran left her mom with her own journal. Like Imran gave her personal journal to her mom to read. So she's. Yeah, Marcel Marcel sleeps better on a boat anyways. So um, (laughs) he's going to go pretend he goes to sleep and then fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not nervous. So Marcel is in their cabin sleeping. And Imran, Axley, and Konos are in the captain's cabin. Or next next to the curiosity. Well, I want to be book. down in the hold with the okay. curiosity. Yeah. Do it down there. If you want a soft bed, feel free to hang out in the captain's cabin. Hopefully nothing will happen. <laughs> okay, so so you're beside the curiosity. Uh, exp- uh, explain how you're like unwrapping the book and all that stuff. And how far is it from you? And, and how are you? Okay. How are you doing so, this? Well, I guess we need to set up a little makeshift table, right? And, and candlelight. Or- yeah, like I'll pull pull like a crate or a barrel over uh like i said just set the set the bundle that has the book down on that and like i said just cast mage hand use that to just you know lift the lift the lift the wrapping off and then open the cover of it see what's well and i guess maybe emran can you cast light how long does that last i can cast to to give us a light uh, light cantrip um that's a while i think an hour right well that'll be good for at least the beginnings of investigation Okay, so you open the book with Mage Hand, and as the as the book sort of opens, you see the the first pa- the first page, which is like what's it called a flyleaf or something? The dedication. Usually the thicker, <laughs> yeah, the thicker page. No, it's the th- it's kind of the thicker page that's connected to the cover. As you open the cover, that sort of it sort of pops up like it's going to flow over as the book is opened, and then it. It kind of flops over, but you see that the edges of the sheet of paper is uh, of the book page is kind of writhing and moving, apparently of its own accord. And then the the front the front page now that you can see has some writing on it. And so the question is, then how close do you get to it to see it? I'm not sure you could read anything on any page from five feet away. <sighs> Yeah, no. No, before I get close, I want to look at it through the purple monocle. Okay. I'm going to cast a detect magic real quick just to see. I think I, I think we know the answer. <laughs> oh, what kind? What kind? Yes, the the every kind. Good. Just brilliant bright light. Yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at it directly. Okay. Yeah. Drop that real quick. I would actually see anything. You see the book cover, but where the pages are, like if you're not looking through the monocle, where the pages are, you see you see the pages of a book, like a thick book. Where when you look through the monocle, there's emptiness where the pages are. So I just see like the binding in an empty space. Yep. Hey, when I look through this thing, I don't see any pages. I just see the binding. If the pages are are not real or they're 
going to say, remind me what the monocle does? I don't really know, other than it kind of showed me different views of things when we were in Laralax Lair. So um, it, um, remember when you went to Laralax Lab, there was no longer a large lens, mm -hmm. but Axley looked around and he found a monocle-sized lens that's the same exact shape as the two lenses that you already have, but is is the size of just slightly larger than an eye socket. And um, when he looked, and remember Konos was invisible yeah. to everyone except the bird, like the bird could find him and land on his shoulder, but mm -hmm. uh, actually could see Konos. And that was kind of, that was it. Yeah. That was interesting. And then he didn't use it really again. I mean, I've looked at a couple other things with it. Right. Yeah. The, the paper, you looked at the okay. paper, the paper had some writing on it that you could see with the monocle. Yeah. Some secret writing. Yeah. yeah. Does my robe of eyes let me see the same thing that actually is seeing? Says it can see invisible creatures and objects and see into the ethereal plane. Yeah. You when if you so are you trying to okay so it it is a weird sensation you do see the book cover um and depending on like which eye you're looking out of in the robe of eyes because remember they're all different right yeah they see every direction some of them see a blank spot like what Axley is seeing and some of them see actual pages writhing. Okay. Okay. So I get a similar view. So the pages aren't sitting still, so it makes it difficult to read. They're just like like a living creature. No, no. So the the so you open the cover, and then there's the first page. So you open the cover. The first page went, and as it was turning, it sort of the edges started writhing and like moving on their own. Just the edges, but the page that's here, that the page that you would be reading, is flat. Is there any writing on the cover, or any title, or anything on the binding? Yeah, the cover said the Book of Proofs, which was the same uh, title of book that Imran saw in her vision. Mm -hmm. um, but the book that she saw in her vision had a blue binding, a blue cover, and a blue binding that looked like leather. And this looks like some sort of skin. Have I ever heard about the Book of Proofs in any lore or arcana or anything? Uh, you can roll. Yeah, you can roll an arcana. Okay. By the way, are you letting Blacksley look at this? No. Uh, where is where is Blacksley? I want to I want to know where he is. Well, I mean, that that's the thing. So, are you telling him to like stay up no. above on oh, top deck, or uh, I just want to be aware of where he is. You want him to? Or I, I would not like him around if I can manipulate him to not be here. I don't know what he's off doing. Um, probably you just have to entice him to go look at something that he might find interesting, okay. right? So that he doesn't come and follow you, he would fall for that probably pretty easily if you tell him. But you got to tell me what you tell him to get him to to not pay attention to you for a while. Um, I'm going to tell him that down on the beach, if you go all the way to the other side of the island, there's a magical sunset. It's not a good idea. He's going to get eaten by two goblins. Oh, uh, he totally wants to go see the magical sunset. <laughs> I mean, he he does. He he asks if uh, if if you can have somebody in the crew like row him over. Oh, you just have to follow the beach to stay on the sand. Well, but he's on the boat right now. So oh, row gotta... over to the island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, row over to okay. the island. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you going to tell those two crew members to try to stick with him, or are you going to have them come back to No, the have them come back. Okay. Imran, he just sent Blacksley over to the island where your mom is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's going to get my journal. <laughs> why, why does he want your journal? Do you know about the journal? I have no idea, but he knows about my mom. 
He was with <laughs> us when you gave him the journal to your mom. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he knows yeah. about the journal. <laughs> so, okay. e- either way. <laughs> so he's gone. He, w- he will not interrupt the book uh, exploration, right. that's for sure. That's probably more important. Um, I rolled an 18 for Arcana. So the only thing that you've ever had knowledge of that had anything to do with sort of proofs is a book that supposedly if you write a statement in it the book will not a question a statement the book will write after the words of your statement the book will write the proof of that statement either saying that it's true or false it will write how it knows or how what the proof is to prove to you that that statement is true or false. So you write in the book a statement that you, you want proven? You write a statement and the book itself will will write a proof for you on however many pages it takes to prove to you either the the, the veracity or the falsehood of that statement. Hmm. Uh, I'll explain, explain that. That's what I've heard. Does that first page have any writing on it or is it blank? The one that we've turned with writing? It says uh, the Book of Proofs. That's all it says on it. Uh, oh, we should we should look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get close enough to read it. I will too. Not touching it, but <laughs> reading it. And the closer you get, the more you see that the edges of the pages are writhing. That's comforting. It's like they have a life of their own. It's almost like if you stuck a live like earthworm on the edge of every page, and it could move however it wanted. But it's multiple ones of them, so they're all trying to move separately. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not slimy or anything. It's just paper moving. I like it. Yeah, mage hand. Just try to keep the keep that still as much as I can. Yeah, no matter what you do with the mage hand, the, whatever is not being touched directly by the mage hand is just writhing. What do we want to test it? Is there anything we want to know? A proof that we want? We want to already already in there. Yeah. I want to look and see if there's anything written first. Leaf through it. Because it would be strange if it was just an empty book. Like, no, there's nothing in it, right? You would expect if it had that power, people would be, have written in it quite a bit. Unless the magic of the book makes whatever you write disappear into the writhing part. Yeah, could. Yeah. It would be really helpful, though, if there were writing in it. There's two of them. So are you? T- so you're, turn- you're trying to turn the page one page at a time? Yes. Yeah. Just... Okay. Um, so you turn you turn the page, and the the first page has a name in it. It says, "John is a dick." <laughs> <laughs> Anthony was here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it says uh, it says Farcellus. Uh, Farcellus. P H A R C E L L U S. And the reason why you think that's a name or you can tell it's a name is it looks like it was scribbled by someone. But there's nothing else on the page. Okay. Flip the next page. That page has the name Herluf, H-E-R-L-U-F. Interesting. On it. And nothing else. Scribbled also, but in a obviously different handwriting. Maybe those are the names of people that used the book previously and it doesn't show you what they queried, but it just records who used that page of the book. My theory at this point as well. Turn a few more pages. Yeah, keep flipping until you find a blank. Yeah. 
Um, there are 12 used pages. And then the 13th page is blank. And as the mage hand turns the page, uh, great. What's the name? What's the name on the 12th page? Is it Bartholomew H. Larillac the (laughs) third? No, it's, uh, Erasmus. Ah, okay. Are all the names different on all the pages? Like there's no repeat name. Um, yeah, all the names look different. Um, the, uh, on the on the thirteenth page, as you f- as you flip the twelfth page over and it does its little writhing thing and it flops over, uh, at the top after after you've opened that page fully, at the top it says, "What would you like evaluated?" And it flashes at the top of the page as if someone is writing it, but of course there's no there's no hand or anything they're writing it, and then it and then it disappears and then it and then something else is written in a different language but it's the same sentence and then and it does that about 50 times in 50 different languages okay idea i'll take uh take like a quill and if there's one nearby and i'll just write in the book Lyralac is responsible for the sinking uh, you go right to the ending don't you <laughs> <laughs> spoilers <laughs> <laughs> um after about 20 seconds symbols start appearing on the page and it fills up it's very quickly sort of writes and it fills up the first page and the page turns automatically and it fills up starts filling up the back of that page and it goes to the third page and it just keeps writing symbols and some of the symbols you recognize they're like magical sigils and whatnot some of them are letters from other scripts other languages some of them are mathematical equations with numbers, and it just keeps going. So the question is, how long are you going to watch it? So, uh, I'm going to look through the model while it's doing that. Does it, does it look any different? No, you see, blank, you see nothing. You don't see any pages or anything at all. Uh, I'll give it maybe three or four pages worth, and I'll just use BHN to close the book. Okay. If it doesn't stop by then, it has not stopped by then. Okay, and is it just like since I can comprehend all languages, does it do these symbols like does it? Is it just like a mix of like symbols and numbers and equations, or is it like actually making making sense? It's writing. You would have to study it for quite a while to see if it made sense. Okay, but it does. I okay. mean, it doesn't look random. It's not. Doesn't look like. To your sort of untrained, sort of trained eye, it doesn't look like it's just scribbling random stuff. It's actually has a a, a train of a, a, a process that's going through. Okay. So yeah. So by by that time, I just made a chance to close it. I'm like, well, it writes on its own. Uh, whether this <laughs> is truthful or not, it's going to take a long, probably take some time to figure out. So what was the exact sentence mm-hmm. that you wrote? Lara Lack is responsible for the sinking? Yes. All right. What now? Do we want to do anything else with this? Well, I think it's doing what you asked it to do. I think, I think we have to wait. It probably doesn't come up with an answer really quickly. Okay. Well, maybe then, yeah, maybe get some rest and check it on, check it on in the morning. What's the plan for tomorrow? What are we doing tomorrow during the day before sunset? <laughs> 
we're going to go to the temple and try to deal with the oh. dog statue there, I think. Isn't that dangerous? I mean, what if what if Marcel gets hurt and then has to still fight in the duel later? The same day. I think just the seconds are talking and laying out guidelines, and then the duel will be the next day. So hopefully we'll have... Yeah, we'll have one more... A moment. Yeah, we'll have one more opportunity to you know, rest and recover and prepare before that. Luckily, we're all heroes, and we recover all our hit points during the night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If only real life were like that. Imagine going to bed and everything is done the oh, next day. Wow. Yeah. Can you make that happen, please? That would be things all better. <laughs> Coronavirus even even diseases, you just have to roll another con check and hope you roll yeah. high enough. Oh, it's gone. Yep. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Wow. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope that you are enjoying uh, what we do so much. Um, even though we are a, a low combat game, uh, I hope that it's at least a little bit interesting uh, to everyone. And um, if you would like to support us, you can support us at patreon.com slash RPG Musings. Or if you'd like to send us a question, comment, suggestion, or if you just have some questions like, what the f***? <laughs> uh, you can email us at dndbrief at gmail.com and I might actually answer I might answer you <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to email you that Disclaimer, right now. <laughs> I won't answer if you're my player and uh, if you would like to uh, support another really awesome channel you can support patreon.com slash midgardia that is Karu's channel and uh, we play a bunch of games over there as well so uh, everyone thank you very much and everyone says goodbye and wave Bye. Bye. Thank you.